gorgeous Georgian goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes are back here on a Monday. It's actually Memorial Day, so we want to wish a safe and happy Memorial Day to uh, those here in the United States who are observing the long weekend with family. Not happy in the sense that uh, it's a Memorial Day. It's the day in which we honor the those that have lost their lives fighting for our country. But also at the same time, it is a worldwide audience. So a lot of you may not understand the significance of this weekend. It is a, a three-day weekend. It's kind of like the unofficial start to the summer for many of us that you know went to school or whatever. Um, but yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that as we start the show. Of course, we've got a lot of MMA to discuss as well. Maybe some wrestling. Javonta Davis got down in the squared circle. And the C's got to talk about them, even though I despise them. But our boy John Anik caught a game. I saw him in the background there. MMA Junkie Radio, again, on a Monday. It's May 30th. Yeah, so I've always told people, um, I hope you have a nice three-day holiday. You know, I've never said happy Memorial Day because there's nothing really happy about it. You know, we um, we've been in some wars. This United States, we're a feisty group, and so this holiday again is to celebrate those that died for us, uh, whether it was in battle or in you know at some point during your service. Um, we salute you, those you know, and those that have family members who have gone let it be known man that your um your relatives you know that came before you or your friends whoever it may be you know they paid an ultimate sacrifice that hopefully does not go unnoticed uncherished um because that is one of the strong cores and foundations of our country is our military. You know, we have Veterans Day in November, and that's when, like, for example, our pops, we can pull him aside and say, Happy Veterans Day. He's still with us. But um, on Memorial Day, it's for those that have that have uh, lost their lives fighting the battle or, you know, serving our country. It's a strange holiday when you think about it because as a kid, you're too young to really understand what it means or the significance of it. So for you, it's really no day, no school and barbecue, right? Mm-hmm. Or something like that, right? And you're like that probably up until high school, until you, um, you know, my generation at least has almost known nothing but war. So yeah. Um, you understand that, you know, before your generation to mostly uh, reading things from books and stuff like that. So, but as you get older, you know, and your friends get into the military and, and you uh, connect more with your father and his friends and family members. And then you start to realize, all right, 
there's a significance to this holiday. It's not just about having fun and having a day off and, uh, and between all the military trips that we've made and all that, this uh, holiday is just completely flipped on its head for us. It's, it means something uh, very strong for us and our family. Yeah. And you know, those that have served and are still with us, I feel like I, I want to honor them every day. Now, not every day will I say, hey, happy Veterans Day to you. Um, but when I see people on the street or when I run into the friends that we've made in the military, I always try and you know thank them for their for their service, remind them of that. Because let me tell you something goes, a lot of people haven't died in battle. And a lot of people haven't died while in service. Because obviously you can... You can die in training. You know, you, there's many ways you can die. It doesn't always have to be in, in the battlefield. That's what I'm trying to say. However, I know a lot of people that have come back, they've served the country, and they're not the same. You know, they learned a lot. They acquired a lot of skills, um, and they definitely gained a lot from it. Some even as far as like a college education and great jobs and great knowledge and whatever. But a lot of times, uh, you know, we talk about PTSD in our sport. There's PTSD um, in the military. Heck, that's the whole reason for MVP, merging vets and players and players, you know. And uh, so a lot of them is left sometimes in combat or whatever. And, and, and so it's important, you know, like the the. It's important that you acknowledge your military family members and friends. Very much so. Yeah. Is my mic okay? No. Uh, oh. Making this loud fart noise over and over. So why don't, why don't you pop out and disconnect it and then come back in or something? You got it. Yep. I will tell you guys while George is doing that what uh, happened to me this weekend. I grew up a huge wrestling fan. And then after the Attitude Era, kind of just dropped off a little bit. Watch it here and there. But I had a friend who uh, gave me some tickets to go see some. So AEW was in town for uh, three days, right? They were here on a Wednesday for their Dynamite show, which is kind of like the equivalent of Monday Night Raw, I guess. Then they had their Rampage show, which is on Friday. I went to that one. And they had their pay-per-view this weekend, yesterday. And I went to that as well. And let me tell you this, George. It kind of had an MMA feel to it a little bit. There are a lot of MMA moves now in pro wrestling. But people you would recognize, Dan Lambert, right? American Top Team. There was a whole whole storyline where these guys go into American Top Team and absolutely shatter a glass case. With all the belts, the belts come toppling down. I mean, they were not uh, taking it easy. They were picking up the the BMF belt with a bat, really teasing Dan Lambert. And then Paige Van Zandt was involved in a storyline as well. Well, she had her first match uh, yesterday, and she didn't really do all that much. It was a weird match because it was two guys and a girl against two guys and a girl. And so... I guess you can only have the two girls against each other. So it was odd trying to get them both in there at the same time. But she she really wasn't in there very long. Uh, what she did was fun. I don't know if you remember. I can't remember who used to do this. But, you know, when they would throw somebody into the turnbuckle 
and they would run and do like a cartwheel and then jump into them. Like, you know, she did a little bit of that type of stuff here and there. You could tell she's still getting her feet wet. I think when Ronda Rousey did this the first time, she might be a step ahead. Like she she might have maybe trained for a little bit longer or something. Um, you didn't hear Paige on the mic or anything like that. Uh, you kind of watch her. You see her mannerisms. It was an okay performance, but you could definitely tell there's a lot of room to work there. And the crowd was excited to see her come out. The footage they used was all footage of bare knuckle. So it's not even really like she came in representing MMA. Really, I think if you had no idea who Paige Van Zandt was, she just looked like a boxer or something that had come in. But uh, yeah, a lot of storylines there, dude, for like pro wrestling type stuff, or I mean MMA stuff in pro wrestling. But uh, yeah, it was her first match in AEW. Well, first of all, you'll notice a difference in my audio. So uh, apologies for that. And I've seen Paige Van Zandt on the mic. She's not bad. In fact, I, I remember, well, I don't remember all the different players, but I think it was Ben Wall. Oh, no, that can't be him. Uh, it was Chris Jericho. Jericho was on the other side, and she had said oh. something like a sexual reference. And then he, I think he thought about yeah. it for a second and realized, Mm, you know, like, and he gave it right back, and everybody laughed. Hell, I even think Austin Vanderford might have been. He was. So, other than that, she she even had this look like I goofed. But um, other than that, she sounded like she could be decent on the mic. And I've seen her wrestle, and I thought I remember thinking, okay, so far so good. But man, all that was like a year ago, or. Six months ago or a year ago. So it's strange that she's still getting her feet wet. No. So what that was, was that was more a storyline with American Top Team. Yeah. And they just brought her in as like one of the, one of the people, right? And Dan Lambert's, having Dan Lambert's back. But she didn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Then about a, a couple months ago, they actually signed her. And so she started going to school to learn how to wrestle. Okay. Well, either way, I expect her to have a decent career because... The one thing I gathered from watching her in MMA and boxing, she's tough. She is not scared to take a bump. She is not scared to bleed. You know, she's not scared of pain. So I expect her to do very, very well, actually, especially if she can get it together on the mic. I don't know about surpassing Ronda Rousey because that will take some work. And look, Ronda... I don't want to get a duh from people. I think Ronda was, because of her stature as a MMA legend, and obviously years and years of training uh, with judo, you know, she knew how to fall and all that stuff. So she made a nice, nice transition. But she also, I believe, also got to the front of the line with storylines. <coughs> she didn't take the Matt Riddle route, you know, where it takes years to even get out of the dark matches. So I, I think Paige Van Zandt, you know, she's not at WWE, WWE, she's at AEW. I think she can get there pretty quick, and I think she can do pretty decently. That's my prediction. Well, see, one of the things, though, that stood out was she's really small, man, compared to some of the other wrestlers. Uh, in AEW, some of the girls are, are pretty big gals, and she just looked kind of tiny out there. So I don't know. Uh, well, I don't want to say it was... Of the, of the bunch? 
Maybe she she might have to be. Yeah, I mean Rey Mysterio didn't he have a um, a run with Big Show and like he was mm-hmm. able to really really do a lot with with his small frame. You know he's gonna go down. I mean I think, I think he's already a Hall of Famer, but I think she could pull it off, man. Um, I, anyway, she's not like four eleven. I mean, what what is she about five three? Maybe something like that. Yeah, she should be all right. I mean, unless everyone's China over there. Yeah, there's some big girls, dude. What's the name of the the young lady that I did catch? The one that was in all black, the fought the fought the girl with the wrestled the girl with the short hair. She got she lost. Uh, I don't remember her name. But yeah, they're about that. They're about that size. Maybe even a little yeah, bigger. Good size, but I don't think it's anything that that Paige can't neutralize. You know, you just do something that puts them on the ground and now they're all the same size, but she'd be, I think, like I said, I think she'll be fun with scrambles and taking risks and all that stuff. I think they got themselves uh, a good performer. Now, my mm-hmm. question to you is I haven't followed Paige in, in a while, but is she, has she closed the chapters on everything else or do you know? No. So she's still got one more BKFC. Okay. And she seems, she says she's still into it. She still wants to do it. So, We'll see what happens with that. BKFC, I'm now starting to figure out, after seeing Artem, Knight, and a few of the others, if you get the 10 of those, you're like a veteran, you know? Like, <laughs> you can tell BKFC takes a lot off their hands and their faces. It ain't like boxing. I don't think anyone's going to be like, at least in the modern era, um, if then if they have options, especially, I don't think you're going to see someone at BKFC like get the thirty fights or whatever. Um, yeah. And so Paige, if she can get a half dozen done, man, that'd be great. And then she needs the bounce probably. Uh, AEW is a great option, and it'll be great longevity. But I think she's also one of those that does great on OnlyFans, right? Oh yeah, I think she kills it there. Yeah, so. But, uh, you know, in fact, I think she went around that and did her own. Holy cow. I wonder if OnlyFans has dented <laughs> porn. The other day, I, I watch a show called Drug, Drugs, Inc. And this one, so it'll say, in Detroit, there's an ecstasy problem. In uh, Cleveland, there's a heroin problem. And they'll kind of go deep into um some you know undercover with cops and drug dealers and this and that. Anyway, this one was featured on the San Fernando Valley drugs in the porn industry, right? So meth, coke, ecstasy, and but in there they 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 dropped the old you know ninety percent of everything was done in the San Fernando Valley. But since the internet and these free sites and everything, it's just crushed. It's just crippled the industry. And I, I, I guess I kind of already imagined that, knew that, or whatever. Because, um, man, do do some of the young kids even know how you would walk into a Music Plus or a Blockbuster and there was the family section or the kids section, and then drama, comedy, and then in, off in the little corner, sometimes you had to go in a little room. Uh, it was the the porn section, you know. Like, do 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 they still even have anything like that? No, right. Everything else is everything's yeah. just delivered to home, or it's on your TV somehow, right? 
Yeah, no, they don't have that anymore. Yeah, so they don't have that anymore. But um, anyway, yeah, you don't you don't have to go through all that hassle. I mean, you can literally just jump on your phone and just type in anything, and and it's on, you know. And I want to know: do you do you think OnlyFans uh, will crush that, or or does no. I've never been on OnlyFans? But I think some people can just get off on OnlyFans. Otherwise, they wouldn't pay all this money. But it's but you got to pay for OnlyFans. You know, you don't have to pay for porn, right? So I don't think it'll ever be in trouble. Yeah, no, no, I didn't. I knew porn wasn't going to go away or anything like that. But I was just wondering if OnlyFans <laughs> was enough for some for some I mean, men. Let, let's let's pay just have say, to get down in the video or whatever. Let's just say you subscribe to. I don't know, three people on OnlyFans. I doubt they're going to give you anything for like two bucks, right? It's got to be at least like five bucks a month or something, right? That's 15 bucks. I mean, you know, people are complaining about streaming services and you can get some of those for five bucks, 10 bucks. So, I mean, you can only do so many. Yeah. I'm just wondering what OnlyFans is crushing. Playboy? Yeah, like or those types of magazines or the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Yeah, I don't know. But each person has their own individual, so I guess you'd have to go through a whole bunch of signups, right? I wonder if there's one of those things on OnlyFans where you just pay like, you know what? Instead of subscribing to everyone, here's fifty a month. I, now I get them all. Like, I wonder if there's anything like that. I doubt it because I yeah. think that's like the that's their hook, right? Is it's individual. So you don't Do you have to know deal anyone that, that, that's open about, yeah, I'm on OnlyFans, so I subscribe. There's a lot of fighters on there. No, do you know any any people that subscribe that are open? Oh, uh, no. Oh. All right, well, maybe we can ask them. I know someone I can ask, actually. Um. All right. So, all in all, we did. Uh, you had a good time at AEW? Yeah, I think it was one of the best events I've ever been to. For uh, pro wrestling, threaten WWE for real, guys. I think it does, George, because it was it was packed. There was not one seat open. The whole the whole arena was sold out. They were into it. They were going nuts. The the matches were phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I would think so. Hmm. They just got to build their own stars, or they got to sign the are they like Bellator like? Like, a little bit, they, yeah. They've stolen a few big names. They're grooming a few big names, like the, the, you know. Yeah, there's names that you would you would recognize. You know, like Daniel Bryant is there now, right? Uh, CM Punk. Uh, Where's some of the Chris Jericho uh, from WWE? I'm trying to think who are some of the other ones, but there are definitely names you would recognize on the card, and then they develop their own people too. All right. Um, what's next? Oh, so one other thing here, just because it does tie in MMA, you guys have to be patient. I love clowning on people when their teams lose, and I don't mind it when you do it to me. I'll still be pissed, but I got to take my medicine because I do it to others. So, for example, this weekend I was letting Walt Harris he- hear about it because Liverpool went for what's called the quadruple. Liverpool was in the running to win four trophies this year, all the way up until the last two weeks. A week ago, one of those trophy dreams got crushed when Manchester City won the English Premier League. 
So Manchester City won the league that I watched, the English Premier League. Uh, Liverpool, actually, that final day goes was awesome, man. I'm not even going to try and convince anyone right now that why they should watch soccer, but that day was one of the reasons. It was incredible with the stuff going down at the bottom, stuff going down with Europa, stuff going down at the top, stuff going down with rivalries. That last day was amazing. But on the last day, Manchester City was down 2 nothing with like 15 minutes to go and in five minutes scored three goals. Mm-hmm. So Liverpool, who was down one nothing, came back and took a 2-1 lead. They thought, wait a minute, we might win the title because not everyone has instant access in the stadium or are worried about what's happening in the other game like every minute. You're probably checking it every five, ten minutes. And at one point you're probably thinking, heck, they're down 2 nothing. We might we won't we might win the damn thing. Manchester City ruined that. And Wal Harris, uh, did you see that tweet? He he put something out. He smashed us. He did? He did when um I think it was when Liverpool beat us. Something. I don't know. He had told me if you guys get Ronaldo, I'm switching. So when we got Ronaldo, I thought he was on our side. All of a sudden he's clowning. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna remember that. <laughs> so I was letting him have it because they lost that one. And I threw old Howie D and Buffalo Blue in there as well. Howie D did the right thing. He just kept his big, fat Austrian mouth shut. (laughs) He has nothing to say. Uh, And Buffalo Blue, no, he had to keep going, letting me know that we suck. I'm like, bro, I get it. I took that medicine. We sucked all year. The season's over. There's guys that are water skiing in the Mediterranean. They're on holiday. It's done. Our part's done. If you had won, I probably would have gathered myself, composed myself, and probably said, hey, man, congrats. I just mm-hmm. got to at that point, right? But you didn't win. So guess what? Now I'm going to have a little bit of fun with you, you know, especially for one day. And then after that, you just you, you taper off. Um, No, he's firing right back. He's firing right back. I just keep smashing him. Anyway, so Liverpool lost the Champions League. And that's the that's – the, Competition where you grab all the best clubs in Europe to see who's the the best from all of Europe. Because each league, like the English Premier League, hey, who's the best there? Who's the best in La Liga in Spain? Who's the best in Serie A in Italy? So now you grab all the champions and some of the top clubs, and then you put them into a another team. Um, so you, that that those are the two other trophies I'm talking about: domestic, the domestic uh, league and the Champions League. So Liverpool had a chance to win those two along with two other cups that they had won. Not as prestigious, but still they won them, and they didn't. And uh, so I was letting, letting – Walt has yet to reply too, but I guess Buffalo Blue did. And then one other thing was over the weekend, not much was going on. The Indy 500 was cool. Formula One, I caught a little bit of that. Mexico almost took two, two champions, right, uh, in those two races? Uh, almost, yeah. If it wasn't for uh, for Indy, and then uh, I was actually joking around with Laura. I was saying because it was a, a women's title match with a Mexican fighter, and I was telling her he could have went three for three. Like that would have been big, yeah. Um, and lastly, the Celtics are going to be meeting the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. I think I'm at the root for the Warriors. And they're a Pacific Division rival to the Lakers. But I don't – we worked so hard to finally tie the Celtics after so many years for most titles. I'd hate mm-hmm. for them to take a lead. So I'm going to be rooting for the Warriors. But that doesn't mean I am 
a Warriors fan or anything like that. Got some rivals on the other side. Jason Lackey, Mike Lowry, Scott Coker, Carla um, Duran, now uh, Carla Puzer. So, you know, there's a few that are going to be mouthing off if they win. What can you do? Um, had Miami won, the Kawa brothers, all the 305ers, they would have been mouthing off. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I would have preferred, to be honest, just to get the Celtics out of there. But the Celtics won on the road. You got to tip your hat to that. Yeah. Uh, and the way it happened, Jesus, it was pretty nutty. Um, you know, Conor McGregor was at that F1 race. Nine nothing run. At the 11, end of the right? No, it was nine nothing. And Jimmy Butler, if he would have hit that three, they would have been up by one. It would have been a 12 nothing run, but he missed it. I actually think he could have taken it to the cup, but the guy scored like 45 the other day and had 39 yesterday. So who, who am I to tell him what to do? But um, there was like still a good. 13, 12 seconds left when he shot it. He was wide open, but um, and he was at home. But uh, I also think he could have probably just gotten to the cup and get, gotten an easy layup. Yeah, I did hear what you said. McGregor and Adi Attar were at, in Monaco, right? Yeah. I guess Monaco is the biggest race in the Formula One season. Similar how Indianapolis is the biggest race in the Indy Series season. Similar to how Daytona is the biggest race in the NASCAR series season. Sort of. So what it is is it's become this hub for, uh, like, stars to come out and hang out, you know, and that's where they they do their business and all that uh, because everybody wants to go there. But the race itself kind of sucks. It doesn't allow for passing, very much passing. and. So it's kind of dumb, but this is they're falling out of contract this year. And so it's kind of one of those historic races where they want to keep them around. But Monaco is probably asking for a lot of money. But what happened was with Formula One getting so big in the United States, you know, they went to Miami this time. Right. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people with a lot of money showed up there, too. So I think what Formula One's kind of doing is they're looking at and saying, hey, we could easily just. Do it here and, you know, in a new place, new tracks. Uh, there's there's tons of places where we could do this. Um, I personally think, like, the racers and all that, I think they just love the, the glitz and the glamour of that weekend, partying with everyone, that sort of thing. But to me, the race itself actually sucks. But, but oh, well. So, yeah, Monica may not come back next year. But chances are they'll probably come to some kind of agreement at the end. Especially when you see these guys at Indy and those long stretches going 235 miles an hour, like those cars just, the Indy cars are the fastest, especially on the straightaways. Not that the other guys are far behind. I think the other guys reach 215, 220 um, on certain tracks, but um, Indy cars go a little bit faster. These guys take turns a lot faster, but their turns are different. So in Indy, what I like is, the guy that starts 20th has a really good chance to win in Formula One, man. If you're not in the top three, top five qualifying, you really don't have a great chance to win. You can win, but – and there's this big drop-off from, what? what is it, Red Bull, Ferrari, uh, Mercedes-Benz, and then after that, like, yeah, the other teams just mm-hmm. – I don't know. Anyway, um, slowly watching a little bit more, learning a little bit more. It's been on ESPN. It's always been a little bit about the time change. 
ain't going to do it two days in a row, man. I'll wake up for Manchester United, but, you know, not for the whole English Premier League and much less whatever's left of Formula One and one championship. Throw in a couple of those and it can really ruin you. So John Anik was at game six. I don't know if he made it to game seven because technically he lives in Fort Lauderdale. So dipping down to Miami could have been easy. I thought I saw him at game six, though, in Boston. And he's from Boston. And it looked like his twin brother was next to him. So that's awesome when someone can go and watch their team in situations like this. And I'm glad he enjoyed it. To me, that solidified him as, again, one of the biggest Celtics fans I know. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I mean, it's funny because he's uh, he doesn't have a big mouth, but when he does open it, he knows how to use it. It's these little subtle jabs that he, he'll jab you to death. He's not going to come in with a KO punch. Uh, so that always cracks me up, but, uh, but yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of the MMA crowd in different aspects of sports this weekend. I mean, when you think about it, CM Punk fought MMA. He, you know, he was at the top of AEW. Conor McGregor was at F1. John Annex at the NBA, you know, like, uh, I don't know. They're just everywhere. Yeah. Speaking of Miami, Jorge Masvidal. And Conor McGregor, they've been lipping off at each other for a few years now. We've always felt like it could be a huge matchup. I mean, you're talking about what McGregor's the number one star in, in mixed martial arts. I can't imagine that Masvidal's either not two or three. And yes, I know he's taken some losses as of late, but still, apparently that guy sells. Matching those two up would be tremendous. We all know the UFC wants to match up McGregor and Diaz. But I think McGregor versus Masvidal also makes sense. However, if you hear Dana White talk about it, and this is where Dana White can be such a clown, let it be known that what that guy did for our sport was and always will be tremendous. However, the the reason... So I have a ton of respect. Who doesn't have a ton of respect for, I guess, what Dana White's contributions? John Anik says it best without him, or Joe Rogan. Without him, none of this is possible, including Goes and I, you know, the jobs that we have. However, he still has clown moments. And do you remember when he would pour cold water and say, no, nah, Masvidal's a welterweight. We can't be doing that. McGregor's a lightweight. You could tell Goes. He was protecting him when he would say that comment. Really? I think he realized, because Dana White comes from boxing, he knows how to box, and he can tell, uh-oh, this is a more skilled fighter with just as much power, if not more power, than the other guy. Oh, and by the way, he's also a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt if it has to go in that direction. Um, so this one does not look good for for Conor McGregor. You, you've gotten that feel for Dana from Dana, right? He wants nothing to do with that matchup. Right. But have you noticed he doesn't really pour cold water when McGregor brings up Kamaru, which is probably even a worse Mm -hmm. matchup. You know what I mean? Um, Because I think there's always the old, you know, well, Kamaru's got that wrestling base. He couldn't stop him or whatever. But I think Dana has always tried to pitch that McGregor is probably the best boxer in in all of the UFC. And I, I don't think he can with a serious face, say that when when it comes to him versus Jorge Masvidal. 
I think he's just always figured Jorge Masvidal is going to get older, and maybe down the road that's when we do that fight. But when when it first got pitched, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of wear and tear though. So now that Camaro's kind of been through him, Colby, maybe Dana is a little bit warmer to it now. But uh, yeah, that is on paper a terrible matchup for Conor McGregor. I don't think it happens. I mean, if, if, it, if it were me, I just feel like whoever Connor faces next, unless you really drop down in the skill set, I think he's going to lose. Me too. Well, you got to you got to try and make the most money you can with this next fight. And yeah, Diaz is a big money fight. I get that, but trust me, you could easily easily flip that script with with Jorge Masvidal. This is the guy that destroyed Diaz. You know, why don't we solve it? That sort of thing. Um. But I don't, I don't see it happening. Masvidal said something interesting. He said he's he hinted towards steroids because McGregor's gotten bigger. The one thing I can't question McGregor on, well, for one, he's had all of them tests that he's passed. But two, he's just never out of shape, man. I mean, this guy is so lean. That's why he can get away with these suits. He probably has a tailor, honestly, on the staff that can get him into whatever size suit he wants. But, no, I mean, he just never, never looks out of shape. He must be really, really committed when it comes to um, the food that he eats, right, and and a great metabolism. So I can't question that regard, which means I can't really question that he probably doesn't have the type of work ethic. Put the partying rumors aside or whatever and then the bad decisions aside, he does seem like he'll go for that run or he'll do his strength and conditioning or whatever. He should be doing more wrestling and jiu-jitsu, to be honest. But he – so a lot of that getting bigger could come from um, just the hard work. But it does seem like he's packed on quite a quite a lot of muscle. He'll lose all that by the time he fights. I think he knows 55 is the best spot for him. Or just fighting another 55er at 70 is the best spot for him. But – uh you know, when Masvidal said that, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if he's going to get a good look taken at him. And I wonder if if USADA keeps tabs on these guys, you know, all worldwide. And I wonder if that will cost them a couple additional tests. Maybe. Um, but that is the sweet spot. A 55-er at 170 is Conor McGregor's sweet spot. Yeah, he doesn't want to lose the weight. And Now, again, Dana White's selective. When it comes to that, he's been asked before, hey, you going to let these guys fight at 70? No, well, no. We want to see if they can make the championship weight because they might fight for a title. But that, he hasn't applied that. To, he said that about others, but he hasn't said it. He's let McGregor slide a few times. And I get it. McGregor's a unicorn. He gets those privileges. Um, It's just the way he says it, I think, is is what comes off like, you know, it leaves the, the journalists thinking, Bitch, shut the fuck up. I could give you five examples of the stupid shit you say. Stop stop answering like that. Just tell us. McGregor gets privileges. He's a star. We never know in what direction he can go in, but he's always in the hunt in multiple weight classes. So, look, this is, this is what we agree on. Just signing the damn guy is a monumental task. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to sweat out some of the minor details. <laughs> There's got to be some sort of a token answer he can give us in that regard. Not that old, like, 
Fool, what you thinking, man? Come on, man. He's a contender. He needs to be fighting for a title. He, we need to know he can make 55 because, again, we'll give him examples of how that hasn't applied. Who knows what what his days are like? I mean, he's he's battling all kinds of stuff every day, the Conor McGregor stuff. I mean, now David Davidson Figueredo's pissed off. He wants to move the Bantam weight. Like, every day it's something new probably for that guy. But uh, what do you think of that news? Yeah. Um, so Figueredo. Says he's got an injury, a hand injury, I believe, and he's not ready to defend. I think he's got a little bit of a point. Well, yeah, it has been quick. I mean, they fought in January, so he just gained the title, and they're asking him to defend it. Now, I think the UFC has just as good as intel as anybody, and if you're trying to either get more money or get a certain location and you're turning down the location that they're trying to send you to and you're playing games, what they will do right away is skip you. And this goes for you and your representation. You might be an outstanding character, but if they got something to do with your representation, you may pay the price. Just ask Kevin Lee about that one. Kevin Lee's represented by the same people that represent Francis Ngannou. So when they had a chance to duck out of the Kevin Lee business, they did, and you ask Kevin, he feels like that there may have been some residual from, from that. CAA, by the way, if you guys are wondering who, who represents Ngannou. CAA is the rival to WME. Uh, all right. So Figueredo now says, well, I may just want to go to Bantamweight. Well, what would that do, Figueredo? Because the guy you want to consult is – the two guys you want to consult are Eric Albadacin and Henry Cejudo because they kind of are – guiding you they're coaching you a little bit well Sahudo has that same dream he wants to go down and he wants to fight Aljamain Sterling that's why he's in the USADA testing pool now he's probably two months in now or a month and a half out of six so Peter Jan's in in Aljo's rear view mirror for the time being I got to imagine Sahudo might have a chance to face Aljamain Sterling now, I don't know that Aljamain Sterling's to the point where he can go, hey, man, I've been champ for a while. I get to call some shots. No, I don't think he's there yet. So I think he'll do what the UFC tells him. Plus, doesn't seem to me like he's one of the UFC's favorites. But will it be Cejudo? I don't know. Because I remember Dana White saying, what, does Cejudo think he can just retire and walk into a, a title shot? When Cejudo was asking about Volkanovski. Mm-hmm. That might be different because that's not a former weight class of himself. He's just chasing history. And... Uh, so who knows? I, I don't. I I think Sahudo will go. Nah, man, you're cool at flyweight. Stay there, you know, because you're now you're stepping on my toes. I I don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, it's not the worst thing in the world. Goes they didn't take the title away from him. They basically just put him in a position where like, hey, look, we got something cooking while your hand injury gets better. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it felt like they did the same thing to Francis. They did. I, I could see if it's, if it's something that's going to keep you out for a while, but, I mean, the guy seems pretty forthcoming with what's going on, and I don't know. Kamaru Usman has a hand injury that he's trying to get better. Like, I don't see anybody jumping down his throat. So could it be that the UFC feels like Kamaru is more honorable than Figueredo? Maybe. Maybe they don't believe Figueredo. Or maybe Figueredo's past transgressions have now hit the surface with this one because it's like one thing after the other. That's the part where I know the UFC – look, MMA's filthy. And I'm sure the UFC has some filth under their fingernails. 
for sure. But make no mistake, man, the fighters are up there as well. They all look out after each other. You're always going to get their version different from the UFC's version. The UFC's just not scared to be the bad guy. That's why they don't really answer publicly too much other than Dana White. And when does Dana White answer? At events, when he's either promoting them or not. And most of the time, when you get with Dana White, you have to promote that event, talk about that event. Otherwise, you're not going to get them the next time. And when you have a little chance for some housekeeping questions, we call them, when you can catch up, sure, he'll answer them. And then he'll, you know, he's got his little spin that he, that he can do, but most of the time, that's why the, the fans align themselves with the fighters. It seems like they're always right, and I'm not saying they're wrong, but I'm just saying fighters are just as filthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in the end goes, I think he'll stay at flyweight at least until Cejudo has a shot. I don't think he'll fight Cejudo. So if Cejudo no, were to see Aljo, yeah. I don't think he would fight Cejudo. So if Cejudo fights Aljo and loses, then I could see Figueredo going up and competing. However, Figueredo, it'll be a lot easier for him if he goes up as a champ trying to become a champ champ. Now, that said, the UFC just finished building up their flyweight division. They're going to want that champ to defend. He hasn't cleaned out the division. So right. it just isn't going to be the time. I think the only way the UFC lets them goes up, go up is if they go, well, you got to vacate. You know, whoever's the interim will become the undisputed. Sure, you are now a contender. You're not going straight into a title shot, though. They don't think enough of them to go straight into a title shot. That I firmly believe. Yeah, I agree. What else is out there? Uh, really not a lot, man. We just have to... Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. I don't think Cruz gets a title shot again, according to TJ Dillashaw. MMA Junkies front page is always littered with a ton of great stories. <laughs> does does my computer know me or what? It says photos, Paige Van Zant through the years. Does that just come up often or was that because she was on? No. Yeah, no, that was, that was up. I got the same. Okay, I was always wondering if this thing thinks that, if honestly goes, I may have clicked that that series of pictures one time. But they say that your computer gets to know you, so I'm wondering if because we were talking about her, it came up, or I don't know. Gervonta uh, Davis, that, that was the other one. Gervonta Davis did stop Rolando Romero. That was a boxing match that took place over the weekend. Gervonta Davis, the only reason I bring him up is, hey, I'm a boxing fan. I, I don't follow the sport very, very close, but I can say that when the top 10 guys are fighting, you know, I do take an interest and. In, I would say it's safe to say Javante Davis is in that group. He ended it in the sixth round. Good for him. There was a horrific leg snap at oh. an event called Eternal MMA. And uh, did, did you not see also, goes? wasn't there a, a, an arm that went backwards? Was that a Cage Warriors or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty bad too. Yeah. So if you have a strong stomach, check that out. And then there was one great article that I read last night. Excuse me. Simon Samano, our managing editor, he caught up with Bruce Buffer and Big John McCarthy. And they reflected on the time that them two, along with uh, a UFC pioneer, Tank Abbott, along with Tito Ortiz, who you obviously know of through the modern era as well, they all appeared, um, along with John Favreau, on an episode of Friends. And this was around the time when 
UFC was labeled as human cockfighting. They didn't even have the unified rules yet. So it was like, like seriously, the OG days. And what I liked about the article is it was about, we just reached the 25 year mark since that episode. But what I liked, what I liked about it was they gave a few little tidbits behind the scenes, what happened, reflections, memories, laughter. And then there was uh, some interesting things there. One of them being John McCarthy says Courtney Cox hates him. And <laughs> apparently Simon knows why, but he, he didn't include it in the article. So I either want to hit John McCarthy up about that or see if maybe Simon will tell us. I don't know. But what could you imagine would be the reason that she would hate him over that? I don't know. Maybe uh... – I don't see John doing too many things that like maybe he just wanted to keep something a little bit more authentic and she just wanted to get on with it. You know, like, I, I really it's don't know. To hate someone. It sounds like she, he, she still hates him or. I don't know. I'm just wondering if maybe she remembers him pulling her over. <laughs> uh, and not letting her off because she was with friends, and then years later she sees him on the set. He did say something about they wanted him to wear the white shirt and bow tie like a boxing ref, but he goes nope, and he happened to have his regular no collar black. He you know he would dress in all black. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that could be one reason. Like because because they did say it took two days to film you know small parts that they had, and so you know I don't know I don't I don't know what else it could be, but I'm. I'm damn curious. Uh, I wanted you to take a stab at what you, what you thought it could be. It was a big deal back then because, um, you know, MMA, we had to fight to kind of get that in the limelight. And over there, like, you, that was still the time where when you're watching TV, which I think was NBC at the time, you would see commercials like, this week on Friends, and that's how you knew what was going to happen, you know? Uh, the internet was growing, but I wouldn't say it was huge. Oh, you know what I was, you brought something up today about when we were younger. I can't remember what it was, but I had seen something that reminded me, uh, I was watching Stranger Things and that show uh, takes place in the eighties. But you know, something that kids probably don't don't realize either was when the the newspaper would show up and you would go through it. Cause that was the only way you could find out the times that movies were playing, remember? So you would have to find the theater on there, and then you would go through the listing of when it was. But, uh, yeah, that's another thing. But, yeah, that's how I found out about that episode. So then I knew, okay, Thursday, we get to see some of these fighters. Oh, my God, it's St. Cabot. So, yeah, it was a fun one. I wonder if your pal, your studio pal, David Arquette, maybe got pulled over one day. She was in the passenger seat, and Big John didn't let him off. Maybe on uh, a certain infraction. I, I'm just wondering. You know, maybe she remembered his face, or maybe. Well, no, I think he he was done with MMA or done with LAPD when he finally by by the. Well, I don't know. He was still with LAPD when UFC just started. I'm wondering. They filmed the episode. Big John pulls him over. She says, "Hey, we did. You were on the show. You can let us off with a warning, right?" Nope. Uh, come on, you know, like, I don't know. Next time we have them on, you and I both have to create a scenario each that we think went down, and we'll see who comes the closest. 
you'll be able to tell by his white face turning pinkish or reddish if we're getting close, right? Yeah. Hmm. All right, that'll be mine. Will be something similar to that, I think. It's a good one. Yeah, nineteen ninety six. That would have been. It's the year I graduated high school. Nineteen ninety six. I'm not even sure we had our first computer yet. We did. We did. Oh. Uh, yeah, I believe we did. That was the AOL days when you had to have a disc and no one could pick up the phone. (laughs) Otherwise, you'd get launched, right, from your connection? Yeah, it took a while to get back, especially if you were writing an email. Oh, my God. Would the email be lost or would it be saved? No, you'd lose the whole thing. Oh man, if someone wanted to use the phone and they picked it up and they heard the brrrr, they'd be like, oh. Because A, you knew you just blew it for the other person. B, you're pissed that they're still on because they, they said they'd only be on for 15 minutes. It's been a half hour. Uh, and so, our you know, mom and dad, our mom and dad barely get the internet now and it's 2022. So back then, you'd be writing an email. Or a forum post or something, right? In Marcel's forum. And then they would pick up the phone and you would go, fuck, who did that? No, no house. We didn't live in a mansion. So you'd kind of hear, oh, I need to use the phone. Give me a second. You know, you'd go, you'd have to go through the whole <laughs> sign back on, get to the fucking page that takes forever to load. Then you would start typing again and they'd do it again. Oh, how long do you need? It's like, oh, you just wanted to strangle them. Are you sure it wouldn't at least save the draft? No, no, that was the the worst part. There was no no there was I don't even think there were drafts back then. So that that feature was tremendous when it came along. Yeah. AOL. I remember the first we had a compact computer. I remember that, but I remember I bought a Sony. I bought a Sony. You, you got something else. Yeah, I think you got a, a Hewlett Packard Bio. Yeah. I bought it at a place called um it may still be off the freeway there in like the fifty five and Edinger. Oh I've never, never been back there again, I don't think actually. Yeah, I remember that. Harold used to go there a lot. And so the the, the, the deal was this was an open package and it saved me like two, three hundred bucks. The guy gave me a wink, like, oh dude, it's the most minor thing. Get it? Because either way, our protection Last just as long as the protection you would get from Sony anyway. And I remember making him repeat it like five times. All right, so what you're telling me is blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. If this goes down, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, then why am I not going to protect it? And what it was was it looked like he had just dropped something on the the wrist guard. You know, that little spongy thing where it goes, except this one didn't mm-hmm. have the spongy thing yet. And um, it, it just fell there and it was it had a little bit of a of a dent in it or something like that. You remember you had to choose where you were going to connect, right? So you always look for something in Orange County, but sometimes like Charlie or someone would be lazy and they would do one like in San Diego. But remember you're using your phone line. So it's like you're calling San Diego, which is like will be considered a long distance call back then. So then all of a sudden you get this bill for, uh, you know, three times what you're used to paying. And it was because somebody connected to something else. Like, Oakland or something instead of 
trying to find something in Orange County. Wow. We should have a show. Well, we do have a show. We have a, tr- a show called Triple G on Patreon. But we should have an episode on that show where we talk about all the different things that you remember. Because, folks, what what you had to get at that time is an AOL disc. And you would put that disc into your computer, and that's what you would use to connect. Um, I guess it's called a modem. And you had to have a phone line, but no one else could use the phone in your house. Otherwise, they cut the connection off. And yeah, now I remember it goes, it would say Riverside, San Diego, Anaheim, or whatever. And, and you would always use the local number to call. And I think the reason we would do it is you'd lose your patience. So you figured, ah, San Diego people, they ain't got internet like us people in the OC, us snobs in the OC. Let me try one of those numbers. But I could see that being a play. And um, then you created my email. And you made it so complicated, and I would get so mad because people would say, okay, what, what's your email? And I'd try and say it. Remember, we had a cousin that thought it was Gozy Gore, but it was like, <laughs> instead of, he just put a number eight instead of like an A, so you had to explain the number eight and this and that, and people, oh, how do you spell Gozy? It was a nightmare. Was Gozy Gator taken? No. I just thought I was, I was cute being doing yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh man. Yeah, those were those were definitely the days. I'm trying to remember what else may have been bizarre back then. I mean the computers were massive. What happened to the little spongy gel wrist guards? I don't even see them at the stores. Do people just not get uh what's it called? What what was everyone getting? At oh, work? Uh, using terminals. Uh Carpal tunnel release. They just go away magically, or what? Or do they still have it at work at workstations? No, I think maybe because laptops are like a little bit flatter now. I mean, I still see people use them, but oh yeah, my wrist was would hurt, and it it definitely helped me. And I I remember going to Staples or something like that and getting one, but I I've noticed that none of us use those anymore, and I was wondering why. Mm-hmm. It's because laptops are flatter. That's the reason. I think so. Like you're not, not a lot, not everybody really works at a desk anymore because people have mostly laptops now. Desktops, you had to go to the desk and then the keyboard was like a little bigger. We're in the same position. Me and you are both sitting in the same position where we. Well, like right now, if I were to type, my hands are doing this, right? Or like if I was in bed or on the couch, I would be going down. Yeah. I'm not necessarily like laying them flat anymore like this. Which is what would give it to you? I guess. I mean, that's just my guess. Hmm. All right. All right, folks. Well, listen, again, I hope you guys all had a nice weekend here in the United States. It was a three day weekend. Excuse me. And uh, don't forget to, don't forget the reason for the three day weekend. Again, Memorial Day is to honor those who have um, lost their lives while serving our country. We honor them, and throughout the world, so for some of you, it may just be a normal Monday, so hopefully we uh, took almost an hour of your time away uh, with some proper enjoyment, some entertainment here, mixing in a little bit of uh, MMA and boxing and pro wrestling talk. We really enjoyed you in the show. That's why we decided not to take the day off, and we appreciate you guys' support all these years definitely been a, a fun ride 
Don't forget you can catch Goes and I on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash MMA Junkie Video. We do a weekly show called Spinning Back Click. Check it out. We cover the latest topics there. We are not doing it this week. And I'm telling you, in almost three years of doing this Spinning Back Click, we've only missed like one or two weeks. It's only because they forced us to. We absolutely love doing it. So check us out there and uh, you can see the extended interviews that you see when you watch or when you read a recap on MMA Junkie. You'll see some video highlights attached with that recap. If you want to watch the full interview, same spot, youtube.com forward slash MMA Junkie video. For now, we're going to dip on out. Maybe enjoy some barbecue later on. I don't know what goes up his sleeve, but we'll definitely be talking to you all on Thursday. And don't forget to keep it locked on MMA Junkie throughout the week. Oh, one last thing. Ghost pointed out to me that at AEW, a lot of people knew about the MMA Junkie app. It's awesome. Get it. You can get rankings there, stories there, schedules, results. And for those that didn't know that, there you go. There's the reminder to always check the MMA Junkie app because it's definitely loaded with all the information you'll find when you go straight to the website. But that was very cool to hear. Uh, a lot of people at the wrestling event had their MMA Junkie app. So shout out to them. All right, folks, we're out of here. Go out there and be a champion.